Hi. Hey. And welcome to another episode of Creeps and Crime Storytime. My name is Charlie. My name is Sophie. And we're going to be telling you a story today. Yeah. Um, today is crime. Today is a murder. Mm. Um, and this case is known everywhere as the Lululemon murder. Oh my god, I've been waiting to hear about this So for so long. When I originally wrote my list of case ideas, mm-hmm. I showed Sophie and I was like, tell me which ones you aren't familiar with. Yeah. And this was one of the ones that she wasn't familiar with, and I really mm-hmm. hope that you are still unfamiliar. Yeah, I've avoided that. Fucking brilliant. I'm, I really want to tell you about this. I really want to tell you about this. It's awful. Okay. It's so, get ready for being horrified, because it's, um, it's horrible. Holding my butt. Um, yeah. So, yeah, let's just get right into it. Yeah, let's do it. So, today the pages of our story are turning back only a little while to Mm. 2011. Okay. We are going to Bethesda, Maryland in the United States. Bethesda is quite an affluent suburb of Maryland. It's very middle class here. Like, think like the nice end of middle class. Oh, So, it's like middle class, middle class. White fences. White picket fences, neat hedges, homeowners associations, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's what we're talking. So today we're going to be going to number 4865 Bethesda Avenue to a row of busy shops and trendy storefronts. Mm. It's like a big outdoor shopping centre, kind of like those nice fancy outlet places. Oh, that's nice. You know, like the the nice ones that are done with all like the nice facades on the building. Christmas decorations that they like go ham on. Except this is like July. Yeah. No, March. It's but March. I mean, like, when it is winter time, I, they will really spice it up. I guess. Halloween. I mean. It's one of those, like, really well taken care of. I feel like you've got this year. image in your brain that I don't I just have. want it to be Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> By the sounds of it. Okay. So, anyway, it's March. Okay. <laughs> um, so, number 4865 is a Lululemon store. And if you don't know what that is, Lululemon is a brand of designer yoga wear. They have leggings, t-shirts, trainers, yoga mats, sports bras, etc., etc. They're very fancy and one of the most famous athleisure brands out there. Yeah. So they're definitely most famous for their leggings, though. That's like Mm, I've seen that on like the fitness of Instagram. Oh, yeah. I kind of follow those hashtags to be inspired, but I never get my ass into the. I was about to say, does it work? Can I, like up in here in my brain, up in your yeah. brain yeah you but feel inspired to but move, like physically like, maybe tomorrow next week i'll start next week i don't start next week that <laughs> was like 12 years ago week. so no <laughs> so we're going to march so morning dawned bright and early on the 12th of march 2011 and one of the managers of the store rachel was opening up that day okay however oh, however were all the leggings gone no was there a robbery We'll find out. Maybe. (laughs) We'll find out. However, when she got to the store, she noticed that the door was unlocked. And it wasn't unlocked by her. No, it was was already unlocked. So you and I have both worked opening shifts at retail places. Yeah. And if I got there and the front Mm -hmm. door is unlocked, I would get the heebie-jeebies immediately. That happened to me a couple of times. It turns out the milkman had, like, broke his key. I used to work in a cafe, that's why there was a milkman. He delivered it like every day, so he pretty much had to break in. What? And then deliver this milk. Half of the order that he left outside. What? And then dragged the rest to behind the bar. And I was like, what the fuck? I just imagine you getting but there I and the door smashed this. in, but the milk is inside and you're like, this, this is fine. Because the flower guy that was saying up opposite us told me. Otherwise, what? when it's happened before and no one else was there, I was like, we've been broken into fuck. And it's pretty scary. Yeah. Okay. I, I like stood outside and called my manager. I was like, I'm not going in that building till someone else gets here. That's really sensible. Fuck um, <laughs> so, yeah, this wasn't the milkman. Like, setting up a coffee machine is not worth my life. <laughs> no, no, I don't give not. a shit. <laughs> I don't give a shit how good that coffee is. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, so this, mm-hmm. this wasn't the milkman. Okay. Um, and yeah, it would be that unsettling feeling that something is wrong and mm-hmm. you're just like, your gut instinct is like, yeah. fuck no. I'll get chills. I so, however, so here, there was no broken glass. Nothing Ooh. was smashed up. So she had a quick look around and then went inside. Okay, okay. She noticed right away upon entering the store that some of the items on display looked a bit out of place. Mm. A mannequin was knocked over and a couple of items of clothing were on the floor. Okay. The store did not look as though it had been ransacked. It's not as if large amounts of stock were missing. Mm. However, Rachel wasn't an idiot. Finding the door unlocked plus the slight disturbance at the front of the store was enough for her to leave ASAP. And she looked around for help. So, interestingly, the Lululemon was next door to an Apple store. 
Ooh. On the 12th of March 2011, the iPad 2 was coming out. Oh, nice. It was launch day for the iPad 2. Yeah. And there happened to be a line of customers waiting to get their hands on one. Those queues are always so long. They're always so fucking long. For a I, phone? Go home. For a, I, <laughs> I just, don't get it. I don't get it, personally. I've never done it. I'm not a phone person. No. But anyway. Yeah. Um, one of the customers in the queue noticed that Rachel seemed to be in distress. And he called over to her to ask if she was alright. So he didn't give up his place in the queue. Oh, he did. He did? He did. That's, I mean, maybe that's he sorted there. out with like the person behind him or something like, hey, mm. I'm just going to make sure this woman isn't dying. Can you just keep my spot? <laughs> I want my iPad. It's pretzel day. Keep my spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, it turns out this guy, whose name is Ryan, Ooh, had Ryan. been here for a few hours because obviously <laughs> the kinds of people who wait outside Apple for the new iPad are the kinds of people who aren't afraid of queuing. They are so committed. Rachel asked the man if he'd seen anything strange and despite him being there for the, it for quite a long time, mm. he had not seen anything strange. However, Ryan did offer to go back into the store with Rachel to make sure that it was safe for her. The closer that the pair got towards the back of the store, mm. things got worse. A TV was knocked over and broken, oh, and the cash registers were empty, with receipts littering the floor. Oh, I hate that. It was definitely looking more and more like a robbery. When they reached the safes, they were... Safe. I don't know what you <laughs> <weird. Safes>? <laughs> Well, I saw the word safes, and then, like, as I was reading it, I thought, is safes the plural of safe? And is then I was safe? like, safes? Yeah. Like, it sounds like, is that a typo? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I was just, I had a bit of a moment. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> when they reached the safes, plural, they were in a similar condition, empty with receipts and papers everywhere. Uh-huh. The two continued into the back rooms of the store, where the morning took a very sinister turn. Oh, shit. In addition to the growing amount of mess, there was blood. Ooh, before we go any further, though, I have a question. Oh, okay. Right, you know how the guy had been there for a few hours waiting outside? Yes. And he said nothing looked out of the ordinary? Yes. And the door was unlocked? Yes. I reckon whoever unlocked the door did it, like, with a key. They didn't have to break it in because... Oh yeah, so so the door wasn't the, the door wasn't broken into. Exactly. So it's the door was unlocked. just unlocked. There was no glass smash, the lock wasn't busted. It was yeah. just unlocked. So I think it's someone that has access to a key or have duplicated a key in the past and just never told anyone. Maybe. Because that can happen. That makes sense. And it's someone that's probably comfortable with the area. Because they've done it right in front of a queue of people. I'm sorry we can speculate. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Back to it? Yeah. Right. There was lots of blood. Like a lot. They realised that they were actually walking on top of bloody footprints. Oh, that's so creepy. Yeah, leading a macabre trail to a truly horrific scene. Oh my god. If you look up photos of this scene, be careful because they are quite disturbing. Oh, okay. There is a lot of blood. So if you're squeamish, I don't recommend it. The back area of the store has quite a long hallway with two rooms at the end leading off it. The narrow hallway had bloody footprints leading all the way down. And further down the hallway, the more blood there was. About halfway, you can see drag marks in the blood on the floor. And the very end of the hallway is... The only word for it is saturated. Oh, gosh. It's sad. Like, like, you see the hallway and it starts out white. And then you get the footprints. And then you get, like, dragging marks. And then it's just saturated. It looks like something from Resident Evil. Oh, Like, it's that level of gore. It's horrific. Um, So, yeah, if you are squeamish and you don't like that kind of thing, do not Google this scene because you won't enjoy it. You won't have a good time. Um, Yeah, Rachel noped it out to the front of the store to call the police. Fair enough. So she was talking to the police on the phone. And the man who started his day innocently queuing for his new iPad (laughs) continued on to see where the blood trail would lead. The hallway is narrow, mm. and the whole width of this space at the end is caked in semi-dried blood. Very There's spatter up the walls. Mm. Ryan came across the still body of a woman lying face down, drenched in blood. And he shouted to Rachel to call the police, but she was already on it. Yeah. Ryan obviously hadn't had enough excitement for one day because he carried on. <laughs> and he actually heard a sound. Oh. So he heard a very low-pitched moaning noise. Was it her? No, the woman on the floor was dead. Okay. So he was like, oh, fuck. You know how some bodies, like, make their last rooms and stuff? Oh, like, like gas like is escaping and yeah. stuff. No, no, no. It wasn't coming from her. It was it coming was like from, from another room. Um, yeah. yeah. So 
I don't know how he managed emotionally to carry on because that's so disturbing. Mm. Um, But he went into one of the rooms leading off the hallway, which is an employee bathroom. So upon going into the employee bathroom, he discovered another woman lying on the ground. What? Yeah, she was on her back and had zip ties around her wrists and ankles. Oh my god, that's scary. Like the first woman, she was lying in a pool of blood. So Ryan sprinted back to Rachel and shouted they needed an ambulance. Yeah. It suddenly dawned on Rachel that she knew who these women were. They were two of her colleagues. Oh, God. They worked the closing shift the previous night. The woman in the hallway was Jaina Troxell-Murray, and the one in the bathroom was Brittany Norwood. Paramedics arrived, and sadly, Jaina could not be saved. She was pronounced dead on arrival. Brittany, however, was Mm. responsive. She was injured, though. She had a huge laceration on her forehead, cuts all over her body. Her clothes were in disarray, her shirt had been pulled up over her torso and her leggings had been cut at the crotch. Brittany was immediately taken to hospital. Mm. So before we start talking about the two women in more depth, I want to talk about the scene a little bit more. Yeah. In the bathroom where Brittany was found, there was a rock with blood on it that police suspected had been used to cause the injury to her head. Mm. There was also a coat hanger, again with blood on it. Yeah. Jaina was found with the toolbox for the premises actually on top of her which is weird. That is weird. Disturbingly, the box was almost empty, with tools all around, with blood on. Police noted that some of the spatter on the walls was almost six feet high. This had been incredibly brutal. Fucking hell. The blood on the floor, as we said earlier, was just a horrifically large amount. Mm. And police noticed that there were two kinds of footprints in it. One that looked as though it belonged to a man, like a large man, and a smaller set that would either belong to a smaller man or maybe a woman. Yeah. Given that there were two women in the building during the attack, Mm -hmm. it was possible that the second set was made by somebody trying to run away. The larger set of footprints led police to a sink where they abruptly stopped. Yeah. So police concluded that the offender had most likely taken his shoes off here to wash them so that he wasn't tracking blood down the street outside. Mm -hmm. Because obviously that would raise a lot of red flags and draw attention to the scene much quicker. Yeah. Um, So yeah, they think that he cleaned his shoes off so that when he got away it wouldn't be really obvious. Yeah. There was also um, blood leading to one of the fire exit doors and on the door itself. However, the blood did not continue outside. So... Police wanted to know why had the attacker run to an exit door and then not gone through it? Or did this trail belong to one of the women and they were attempting to flee and they got to the door and then they got dragged back? Mm. Um, So yeah, there was a lot to sort of process here from that and a lot to think about. Before we talk about Jaina's autopsy, I want to talk about Jaina herself. As is far too common in stories like this, Jaina was one of those people who just wants to try everything and Mm. she was super positive. So, Jaina was born on the 22nd of November 1980 in Kansas to a couple named David and Phyllis Roslyn Murray. The couple had three children and Jaina was their only daughter. She was very smart and studied abroad in Spain and then got a degree in Washington. She spent a lot of time volunteering because giving back to others was something that she felt was very important. Jaina was very into physical activity and she liked to dance, particularly tap dancing. She was very good at tap dancing. That's cool. She was also really into gymnastics, rock climbing, kayaking, and she even bungee jumped for her 30th birthday. She is so much better than me. (laughs) (laughs) She would have looked at those inspiring hashtags on Instagram and then actually like done the thing. part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it absolutely breaks my fucking heart to think that when she bungee jumped for her 30th birthday, Mm -hmm. that was the last birthday that she would ever celebrate. And she'd have no idea. And she had no idea. And that's just so fucking sad. She was really into traveling as well and had traveled all over the world. Um, oh, I did read as well that she um, she wanted to travel to basically everywhere. Yeah. And she traveled to every continent except Antarctica. Ooh. Which is fucking incredible. That's amazing. Um, and she was only 30. I know. It's I giving me so a crisis because it's like, well, I've done nothing with my life. <laughs> I've just been a potato and then an adult potato. <laughs> <laughs> Hard same, man. Hard same. But yeah, like, Jaina was doing everything. Yeah, She literally cool. had just grabbed hold of life and she wanted to get as much experience out of it as possible. And she yeah. was doing so much. That's amazing. And it is amazing. Um, so she just wanted to get as much excitement out of life as she possibly could. And she loved fun, she loved adventure, and she loved life. Her friends and family have described her as being radiant and always smiling. Oh. She was one of those people who would just draw your attention into her. 
Yeah. She was one of those people. And she was actually dating her high school sweetheart, Fraser. She had been, they, those two had known each other since seventh grade and they were planning on being together yeah. for the rest of their lives, yeah. which is just really sad. There is no doubt at all that she was an incredible, wonderful person. Mm -hmm. And she gave a lot of joy and happiness to the people around her. Mm -hmm. Officials were horrified when the autopsy report was released. The coroner Mary Ripple found 331 separate injuries to her body. Jesus Christ. You can't, I can't comprehend that. You can't. It's, I actually do say at some point that you can't comprehend it, but we'll get, we'll get to you predicting my next sentences in a moment. Um, but that is just an estimate. The ones that the coroner could count individually for certain, obviously Mm. there are, there will be some that were like done to the same place or like overlap closely that you can't tell, but there was 331 specifically separate injuries. Mm. Um, it's very likely there were more. It's also abundantly clear that Jaina put up a hell of a fight because she sustained over a hundred defensive wounds. Wow. Over a hundred defensive wounds. Dr. Ripple testified later in court that that was the highest amount of injuries she'd ever seen on one person in her whole medical career. Wow. It's a lot. That's insane. It really is. It's, yeah. My brain stopped. Yeah. (laughs) But it wasn't as if Jaina sustained a single type of wound. So sometimes we see victims who have been stabbed a hundred times or who have been beaten countless times with the same object. Jaina had multitudes of different types of injuries inflicted on her. Mm. She was stabbed, beaten, strangled. Whoever did this to her literally tried everything they could think of to end her life. And they were clearly desperately trying to kill her. Over 200 of the wounds were to her face and neck. Jesus. That would become just... Awful. <laughs> yeah, I also did read, I don't think that I put it in the script, but I did read mm. that Jaina's family were not able to have an open casket funeral for oh, her no. because her face was, just, was literally obliterated. Yeah, like, like, there was nothing intact. It, Do you know what I, I mean? cannot even imagine how. That would be so painful. You can't see your own child. I, I just can't even begin to comprehend it. It's horrific. It's, yeah, it's gen- like you were saying it's genuinely difficult to imagine the brutality of that Mm -hmm. it's hard to even comprehend what that is and all those attacks to the face feels very 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 personal it does it really does her skull was fractured 13 times and one part actually caved inwards causing bruising to her brain dr ripple described how this type of skull fracture would it would normally be found in victims of car accidents. Wow. And it's very rarely seen on victims of an attack from another person. Yeah, that's a lot of force. This was a sustained attack, and it would have taken a tremendous amount of physical effort from the assailant to do this to her. Mm. Mary suspected that the wound that caused Jane's eventual death was a stabbing to her spine that entered her brain. This was just one type of stab Ooh, wound. Jesus. Yeah, this was just one of multiple. Meanwhile... We'll go to the hospital. Brittany Norwood was receiving treatment. So like we said earlier, she was conscious and responsive and she was beginning to tell officers and medical personnel what she had endured. She gave a truly harrowing account. Mm. So the two women closed up the store as usual. Jaina was on her way home when Brittany realised that she left her wallet in the store with her Metro card in it. So unable to get home, Brittany called around a bunch of colleagues trying to reach someone with a key and eventually got Jaina's phone number. Upon chatting with Brittany, Jaina realised that she had also left her laptop at work, so she decided to go back and they could both pop in to pick up what they'd left behind, which sounds totally fine. So once back in the store again, Brittany said that she and Jaina had been attacked by two men dressed in black wearing ski masks and gloves. They held the women at knife point and moved them through the store to the back rooms. This is difficult to listen to and there is a description of sexual assault, so skip ahead if you don't want to hear some of this because it's incredibly disturbing. The taller of the two men immediately hit Jaina in the back of the head and dragged her to the back of the store. The other man, the shorter of the two, took Brittany to the safe and cash registers and forced her to open them. Once he had emptied them, he dragged Brittany into the employee bathroom and forced her to lift up her top. She was immediately zip-tied and he began to torture her. He cut her all over her body with his knife, intentionally just hurting her without killing her. The attacker cut a slit in her leggings. He raped her while calling her offensive derogatory and racist names. He left, came back with a coat hanger, which she was then assaulted with. Uh, yeah. While this attack was happening to Brittany, she could hear the other man attacking Jaina. Her screams and cries for help got fainter as the attack went on until eventually Brittany was dragged into the hallway and thrown on top of Jaina's dead body. Oh my 
That's traumatizing in itself on it, so many levels. There's so many different that would, ways that that would fuck you up. Yeah. The men debated on killing her too, but left her alive as, quote, she is more fun to fuck, end quote. I hate these two. Yeah. It's a real fucking... That's disgusting. They dumped her back in the employee bathroom, zip-tied and bloody, and left. This story is so horrific. It's hard to imagine how Brittany managed to tell it all. She was crying uncontrollably the whole time and kept repeating to officers that she tried to help Jaina, but the men wouldn't let her. Brittany repeated over and over to the officers, Is my friend okay? Oh no. No. And police had to inform the hysterical young woman that her friend and colleague was dead. Mm. Back at the scene... Okay. Police had found that to support the findings of the coroner, multiple weapons were present which seemed to have been used on Jaina. Yeah. The weapons that have been conclusively proven to have been used are a wrench, a metal mannequin support, a box cutter, a long pole for reaching stock, a razor, a hammer, a large serrated knife, and a length of rope that was tied around her neck. Mm. It definitely seemed as though the perpetrator had opened the toolbox and used whatever they could grab to inflict as much damage as possible. Yeah, they were doing this, like, for fun. The police immediately went to nearby businesses to check any CCTV footage, which might have evidence of anyone going to or from the scene. Mm. The Apple store had a camera which captured two men walking away from the store at the same sort of time the attack took place. Mm. However, this was ruled out pretty quickly. The two men worked waiting tables at a nearby restaurant and their alibis were checked straight away. They were leaving work. Oh, right. So it was... Okay. Yeah, so they were seen walking away from the general area. And one Mm. of them was tall and one of them was short, which Uh, matched the description. So police were like, oh my God, it's these guys. But then they found (laughs) who they were and they checked and they were like at work. So it couldn't have been them. Dead end. Yeah. So, while the police were at the Apple store checking CCTV, they spoke to some of the staff members working there who were also working that same night. Mm. This is so frustrating, and I hate everything about it. So, the Apple store shares a wall with Lululemon. Yeah. The walls aren't very thick. Right. Do you see where I'm going? Kind of. So, due to the launch of the new iPad, there were staff members at Apple who were working late, Mm -hmm. managing the queue outside and getting things ready for the big launch the next day. It turns out that the employees at Apple heard everything. What? I thought you were going to say, oh yeah, they had music playing, didn't know anything, but they heard everything? Oh yeah, no, they heard everything. The staff members (sighs) told police that they heard a huge struggle with thudding, screaming, grunting, loud bangs, and sounds of a female struggling and in distress. What the fuck? The store manager of Apple whose name, oh, I didn't write his name down, it's like Ricardo or Didn't something. Did he get a good smack in the face? I don't think so. Because this is shameful. Um, so this guy said he heard, quote, agonised breathing, like when you can't breathe, and then one forced exhale, end quote. The he literally could have so heard her last breath. Is awful. He didn't there is actually CCTV footage that the police viewed. And you can watch this. I have it. I will show mm. you later. Yeah. I'll put screenshots on the Instagram. It's fucking horrific. <sighs> the CCTV footage that the police viewed, which shows the Apple employees listening at the wall, <gasps> but they don't actually do anything. They just sat, they're what like the listening fuck? like this and then they walk away. They don't do anything. Nobody calls, well. nobody calls the police. They heard one of the women trapped in Lululemon say, quote, talk to me. Don't do this. Talk to me. What's going on? End quote. And oh. also, quote, God help me. Please help me. End quote. Nobody called the police. Why? Why the fuck would you choose to not not do that? Me. You can even call them anonymously I, and just say exactly, exactly. Oh, you can like if you don't want it, like you don't have to get involved. You can call the police and just say, "Hey, look, shit's going down over there." Yeah. And then it's their job to go and sort it out. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. But if you literally hear a woman like screaming for oh, her life, That's call awful. the fucking police. Don't ignore it. Jesus Christ. The store manager of Apple said he thought it was just drama. What a cuntmobile. Just drama between the women at the store. In the CCTV video, you can see two employees listening at the wall mm. and a third ignoring it as he listens to his iPod. The man ignoring the sounds is their security guard. No, I'm not shitting you. <laughs> I'm going to take this table. <laughs> <laughs> no. But yeah, he's their security guard and he was listening to his fucking iPad. That's embarrassing. Ignoring the sounds of someone that needed help. That's I'm furious. It's it's difficult, right? It's so difficult. This I don't want to comprehend either. No. This is just a huge shit show. They need 
But no, they make Apple staff look even more douchey than they seem to be. Yeah, it just makes them look like a bunch of fucking douche guys. Doesn't help. Police continued their search of the store, so mm-hmm. they were hoping to find something left behind by the assailants. This was an incredibly chaotic scene, and the police were hoping that in the struggle, someone will have left something behind. So a piece of torn clothing, hair, blood, anything. Yeah. It turns out that they did manage to find something. Mm. Or, rather, a pair of some things. Oh, socks. On a shelf, tucked away at the back, were a pair of men's size 14 sneakers. The tops of the shoes had blood spatter clearly present, but the soles were wiped clean. Mm. So, remember the police said the larger footprints tracked to the sink and then stopped? Yeah. This is looking like the reason for it. The tread of the shoes matched the footprints in blood. Perfectly. Wow. So, this is kind of odd. It's not a normal thing, to find at a crime scene. Did the killer walk home in just his socks? That's a point. Did maybe. he bring a spare pair of shoes with him? Did does he, he get some new ones? Does he have, like, special murder shoes? Yeah, maybe. Like, what the fuck you is know, this? Like those squishy plastic shoes. What? When you go into a crime scene and you've got all that stuff on. Oh, do you mean, like, the little bags that yeah. they put on? Yeah, those. The little baggies. Yeah. They're not... I mean... I don't think he did, because no one noticed him. Like, wearing little baggies. Now it's another way the focus on that guy's feet. Exactly. So on top of that, the police were finding that everything used during the committing of the crime came from inside the store itself. The weapons used on Jaina and Brittany were mostly from the toolbox, and the zip ties used to bind Brittany were from the store as well. Mm-hmm. What kind of person comes into a store unprepared to attack two women, only using what he can find on the premises, and then leaves his shoes behind? Feels like someone that's already been there. It's fucking weird, man. Yeah. Do you not think it's like it's really fucking very, weird? Very strange. So the police went back to talk to Brittany again a day later. They were hoping that if she'd been able to calm down a little mm-hmm. and process, she'd be able to give them some more specific details about the attackers or what happened. Mm-hmm. However, Brittany wasn't at the hospital. She was at home. Oh, that's quite she cool. had been discharged. Ex- it's quite quick, right? Yeah. So cool. she had been discharged after only one day. Doctors described her injuries as superficial. What? So what, were they staged? And she only had two injuries that required stitches. Wow. The large laceration on her forehead and a wound Mm. on her hand between her thumb and forefinger. Police made a note of the fact that Jaina's injuries were so horrific and severe, Mm. while in contrast, Brittany only had some skin-deep cuts. The hospital also found no signs of a sexual assault. Wow. Especially not one as physically violent as how Brittany described it. Mm. The detectives also asked mm. Brittany about the shoes. She told them that they did not belong to the attacker. They were the store shoes. They were used to measure the length of pants. What? The, the shoes were a measurement tool? Yeah, so kind of like if you're going to make alterations to clothes, you need people to be like wearing shoes. So then yeah. you can... I don't know. I don't... Yoga... It's a yoga thing. It's probably a yoga, yoga thing. Community but the important counts. thing is yeah. not what the shoes were used for. The important thing is that the shoes were gone. Came <laughs> No, they weren't gone, they were there. They came from the store. They belonged yeah. to Lululemon. Yeah. They were walked around yeah. in the bloody floor and then put back. Oh, so someone had to know they were there. Yes. Yeah. All these little things were not adding up. <laughs> Properly, no. and then came something else that didn't add up. Oh God! Jaina's car. So, according to Brittany, Jaina came back to the store, let them both in again. Mm-hmm. Jaina came back in her car, which she parked at the front of the store before letting them both in. According to according to Brittany's account of what happened, the car should still be there, but it wasn't. Instead, the police found the car three blocks away in a public parking lot three days later. When they examined the car, they found blood inside, belonging to both Jaina and Brittany. They also found a hat. Jaina's family did not recognise it as being something they'd ever seen her wear. Testing of the inside band of the hat, where it would collect sweat and skin cells from your forehead, Mm -hmm. showed that it belonged to Brittany. Brittany, I've got some questions for you. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of people at this point have some questions for Brittany. Naturally, police were beginning to wonder if Brittany was telling the truth Mm. about fucking any of it. Yeah. Questions were even beginning to surface. Could Brittany be the one who murdered Jaina? She could be, technically. The hysterical woman found lying in blood, telling a tearful story about being raped and tortured. Mm. 
They went back to ask Britney once again about her account, and this time they specifically wanted to know about the car. This is where Britney's story starts losing some of the sense it made. Uh, okay. There is a tactic that police use to catch people in lies. Is it the one called trickery? I don't know what that is. What's that? Um, you know on Crime Weekly? Yeah. Derek Lovasa talks about it. Do you mean Derek Lovasa? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't say Derek Lovasa. Yeah, I know. It's, I mean, this could very much be the same thing. I practiced his name like a zillion times. Say it again. Derek Lovasa. Yeah, that was right. Ah, yeah. yeah, that was right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really love his insight into things. It's so it's good. It's so interesting. Like, I it's wish I so... could contribute like that, but I can't. But yeah, you have, we have no insight we have whatsoever. <laughs> hey, speak for yourself, bitch. I have a little brain. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so this could very much... Because this is something that he's talked about, but I didn't know mm. that it was called trickery. So this could very much be the same thing. Yeah. It's where if you can get... If they can get you stuck in a small, provable lie, mm. then what else could you be lying about? So yeah. if you try and explain the way the provable lie, an interviewee might reveal more of the actual truth. So this is what they did with Brittany. Oh, so they started by asking her if she knew what Jaina's car looked like. Okay. Brittany was like, yeah, but I've never been inside it. Not once. Not for a ride home from work. Never. Well, that wasn't the question. It's just, what does it look like? No, I mean, they, they got... To mm. it. Like, yeah. So this is where detectives ears pricked up. Mm. This was the provable lie. Yeah. They had her hat and they had her blood, both of which were found in the car three blocks from where Brittany said it was last parked. Mm. And obviously, if she'd never been in the car yeah. for a ride home or for anything, none of her business would be in that car. It would not. But her business was fucking in that car. Mm. So the next morning... Brittany called detectives and said there were some things that she remembered the night before when she was going to sleep that she just totally forgot to mention. You, you didn't forget. <laughs> so she was going to sleep and she just remembered some things that slipped her mind. So she brought her older sister and brother with her to the police station this time. Okay. So she sat down with the police and was like, wow, I just remembered this is like totally crazy. I actually drove the car the night that we were attacked. Wow, how convenient. I know. So did, so, she, did she say where she drove it? So what a fucking coincidence, right? Yeah. What is the What are the chances of the fact that, like, you've never been in this car before, but the one time you were in it you was the night you. when, like, you drove it and your it friend got murdered and you got attacked yeah. and you just forgot about it? Isn't that insane? That is so insane. That's crazy. So the story of why she drove the car is even more preposterous than the idea that she forgot about it. Was she going to a drive through and got distracted? No. So this interview is actually available to watch online on a documentary oh. made by Oxygen, and I highly recommend you watch it because it's brilliant. I'm going to watch it. Brittany told police that before she'd been tortured and assaulted, the masked intruders instructed her to move Jane's car. Okay. <laughs> so if you just want to be like, are you fucking kidding me? Right, sure they did. They gave her Jaina's keys and just let her go and move it alone. They did tell her, though, we'll be watching you, yeah. so you better not try any funny stuff. It's like, like they can just watch in different directions. Exactly. So she was instructed to move the car alone three whole blocks. So they were, like, threatening her, saying, like, we know where you live. We've got this knife. We're going to kill you. Mm. And... They just let her get in the car and drive away. Unsupervised. Yeah. You'd make that third block a fourth and then a fifth and then a sixth. And exactly. The if this is what I mean. If this was real life, you'd just be like, okay, guys, I'll I'll come right back. Yeah. And then you'd just drive to the police. And if you right? can't do that, just sit in the third block, tell them there's traffic, call the police, hang up and then go back. If you really had to go back. Yeah, but, uh, but why would you have like, to go back? Who's going to stop you? No, but this is the thing. Like, if she's coming back on her own, she's then walking the three blocks. Yes. Which is strange. Yes, it is. So we're going to get to that. So she was instructed to move this car alone three whole blocks and then walk back. She would be totally out of sight of the store and this would be an amazing opportunity to escape mm -hmm. if any of it was true. Mm -hmm. Brittany even said that when she was moving the car, she saw multiple people out and about on the street, including a police officer. Ah. But she was just too scared to say that three blocks away, her colleague was being beaten to death and their workplace was being robbed. Oh, for fuck's sake. The police asked her why didn't she just keep driving? Mm -hmm. And she said the men warned her that they knew where she lived. Okay. 
But then, why does it matter if they're in prison? Yeah. Like... And also, they know where you work. So what yeah. difference does it really make? <laughs> exactly. They've because got they've you anyway. Got you now. <laughs> That's a good fucking point, actually. Fucking they've nice. already fucking got you. <laughs> so at this point, the police straight up called her out on her lies, but she didn't budge. Mm. The officers decided to bring in her siblings to the interrogation room to see if it loosened her up a little bit. Hold on. Not all her siblings. Because they're both oh. Oh, no, 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 she's, no, it's Jamie that's got two brothers. Oh. She brought in her older sister and her older brother. Right. Um, I don't know how tall they are. I mean, go combined, so. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll find out. Mm, we'll okay. find out. They're but I like the way that you're thinking, though. I just, yeah. I like that. You're, like, trust no one. I like it. Absolutely. <laughs> so her older sister, Marissa, absolutely could not fucking handle it when police showed her the evidence that Brittany had committed this crime. And she had to be escorted out. Wow. Because she was, like, losing the plot. She was really upset about it. Okay. Um, which, I mean, I would be upset. Yeah. If someone was like, hey, Sophie, like, <laughs> did this horrible thing, I'd lose my marbles. Yeah, you'd be marbleless. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm only, like, a few marbles short of being marbleless at any given moment. <laughs> Her older brother, Chris, was a lot more stoic about the whole thing. Mm. And although he took a little convincing... He eventually came around to the idea that his little sister had caved somebody's skull in. So police left the room to give Chris some time to talk to Brittany alone. Mm. But obviously, obviously the room is still being recorded. Oh yeah, of course. Like, I mean, we've seen the interview, um, it's being recorded. Chris Watts talking to his dad? Yes. It reminds me of that. Yeah, it's... it's, like, hey dad, (laughs) he just vomits the whole thing out and it's, ha, potato, you did do it. Yeah, so it's very much this kind of vibe where they mm. they think that the, because the police have left the room, yeah, that they're alone. You can't see the uniform anymore. Yeah, so it's the police are like, yeah, sure, you're alone. Just, wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> just as- <laughs> yeah, so so obviously the room is still being recorded. Chris tried to get Brittany to talk, and she told her brother that she would tell him more when they got home. Chris was like, "You think you're going home? Yeah, that's a bit uh, gullible of you. Yeah, like you're not getting away with this. You're not that great." She seriously thought that she would just be able to go home. No. Her bullshit story about moving the car would satisfy the police and they'd be like, yep, okay, you go on home, we'll see you next week for another chat. Yeah, no way. <laughs> Absolutely fucking not. No. Absolutely not. So the video from the interview is amazing. Brittany is super laid back during the whole thing and she just doesn't seem to give a shit. She wow. doesn't care very much. Chris leans in and tells her that he pretended to the officer that he didn't believe them, but mm-hmm. the evidence is super compelling. And he's like, I think you did this. Yeah, because she got her there back to the store anyway to set this up. Exactly. Mm. So he tells her that she needs to tell him what she did so that he can help her figure a way out of it. That's a good approach to get her taught more. No, no, no. He wanted to help her get out of it. Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Chris was like, I'm your big brother. We'll fix this. No, the law will fix it, thank you. No. (laughs) So at some point, Brittany was like, no, 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 because like, you know, I think they're listening to us. And Chris was (laughs) like, no, I've looked around this whole room. There are no recording devices. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm watching the interview from my laptop like, oh, there are recording devices. Here we are, and I can hear you. (laughs) But yeah, like here here we are today, and everyone has seen this video. And it's like... Yeah, he obviously... I was a detective even more than those detectives. Yeah, he looks around and he's like, I've already checked. I was looking this whole time. (laughs) I know you weren't, fucking idiot. (laughs) Here's where we begin to see a little bit more about who Brittany is. Chris asks her, quote, was it shoplifting? Were you trying to steal? End quote. As soon as he said Mm. this, you get the feeling that this has happened before. Not the murder part, but that she has a history of shoplifting. It's got her into trouble and Mm. her big brother has probably had to bail her out. He asks her, quote, what did she do to make you fight her? End quote. I'm a bit confused by that. So it's, his initial thought maybe is that she's, fought staff members before going to altercations with them maybe he says what did she do to make you fight her why is he victim blaming exactly <laughs> this was my thought <laughs> and i wasn't i wasn't gonna say anything because i wanted that. to see if you would also come to that conclusion but it's like the way he why said is it, he like what did she do 
to yeah. make you do that. It's like nobody made her do anything. Yeah, exactly. She this, for a start, this is not a fight. No. This is not a fight. Jaina was fight. injured over 300 times. That no. is not a fight. No way. That is a brutal and savage attack. Mm-hmm. And Chris starts telling Brittany that she needs to get a defense attorney and he's spitballing about how she could either play insanity or tell people that Jaina attacked you and it was done in self-defense and all this stuff. Right. And the police are just like watching, like mm. <laughs> <laughs> just watching is like unravel by yeah. itself for them. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um <laughs> it's not even as if this is a possibility, like the self-defense mm-hmm. thing. It's not even a possibility. No. The fact that Jaina was halfway home and Brittany called her to yeah. come back. The fact of the matter is that that is that's planning and premeditation. Absolutely. The whole time that Jaina was driving back to Lululemon, mm-hmm. Brittany was deciding how to attack her, how to surprise her with violence and end her life. Mm-hmm. But why? Yeah. What was the catalyst of this fucking horrible event? I want to say jealousy of some sort. It turns out yeah. that Brittany's brother Chris was right on the money. And of course, nope. No. Nope. At the end of the evening, <laughs> I read the wrong part. I did that a zillion times last episode. It's funny. At the end of the evening, closing staff check each other's bags before they lock up and go home. Oh, so she had some things. With so of course, Jaina had discovered that Brittany had stolen a pair of leggings. For fuck's sake! She told Brittany that management would hear about this. She gets discount. Why isn't she just buying them like probably half price? Oh, because if she wants it, she can just take it. Obviously, Bitch. entitled asshole. Um. Management would hear about this and she would most likely be fired. Mm. After Jaina began her drive home, Brittany realised that the only way to keep her job would be to silence Jaina. And she put her whole disgusting plan into action. This involved the disturbing ending, Mm. which involved Brittany lying in a pool of Jaina's blood for hours overnight until someone happened on the scene. I don't get how death is people's only path to take. Like, oh... You know something about me, I'm gonna kill you. But it's just she she so bizarre. she committed such a disgusting and horrible and just such an intense act of violence mm-hmm. on her colleague. And then she methodically cut herself with a box cutter. Mm bashed her own self in the head with a rock, zip-tied herself, and she lay in a pool of coagulating blood mm-hmm. overnight, yeah. just lying in it, waiting for someone to come and find her. That's so much spite in one person. That is so it's much. Disturbing. There's so much that goes into that. And it's like, how how do you do that? It's scary. <laughs> it's, it's just so much. Yeah, I mean, there was times when I was called back to the store because someone left their things in there, like their bag or their card. Sometimes I'd left my my bank card in there and I was like, oh shit. So I would go back in and I had my own keys. Yeah. But every time I had to go back and let someone else know, I was always like, I've got my eyes on you. Because <laughs> we're alone right now and we shouldn't be here. Yeah. Anything can happen. It's just... It's sad that you can't really trust anyone. You can't, though. But you should be able to if you work with these people. Yeah, but don't. Yeah, exactly. Don't. Just fucking don't. Don't trust anyone. It's not worth it. Especially when it's someone you've had to, like, scold in work. Exactly. Like, you're going to be held accountable for this. Yeah, That's it's it. just... Ugh. So, according to some of their colleagues, Brittany had been suspected of stealing earlier. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't the first time, either. Brittany has a lifelong habit of taking what doesn't belong to her. When Brittany was in college, she played soccer, or as we call it, football, because soccer is a made-up word. She was very, very skilled, and her reputation went beyond her athletic prowess, though. In an interview with ABC7, her former teammate Megan Healy said, quote, Other girls on the team that had known her for longer than me told me things like, Watch your locker. Keep it locked. She's been known to steal things. End quote. Her best friend at the time, Liana Yust, was also on the college soccer team yeah. and spoke to the Washington Post about her friendship with Brittany. Mm-hmm. Their close friendship ended because Brittany stole from her too, taking money and clothing. What a little dick. Liana said... <laughs> yeah, that's some small dick energy right there. Mm-hmm. Liana said, quote, She was my best friend in college. We had a falling out because the girl was like a klepto. End quote. Ooh, yeah. But just... Can you... I can't even... Imagine being, like, best friends with someone, 
Yeah. And taking their stuff. You would feel weird. It's fucked up. It is. It's so fucked up. I don't understand people that take. No. I don't get it. And they're like, I don't have to give back or do anything because this is mine now. Hey. The entitlement just blows my fucking mind. It's disgraceful. So Brittany's reputation, even as early as college, for theft and general untrustworthiness stuck with her into adulthood. Mm -hmm. After Brittany was arrested for Jaina's murder, a hairstylist who had had an altercation with her in the past commented on a blog post about her experience. The comment described how Brittany came in to the salon for a full weave. It wasn't just a cheap or a synthetic set of like hair though that Brittany wanted woven in. This was a full head of imported hair. Wow. The value for the weave was over a thousand dollars. Oh my god. A thousand dollars. That's a lot of work as well. Exactly. Exactly. The stylist said that Brittany waited until the service was done and then claimed that money had been stolen from her wallet. Exactly. She left her handbag in the waiting area and insinuated that one of the other employees had taken it. That's so rude. It's disgusting is what it is. The stylist was very upset at the thought of a customer being stolen from on her premises, so she told her not to worry about paying. Uh, No. 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 I hope her weave got snatched out of her scalp. (laughs) (laughs) Brittany then called the stylist to say she would bring the money in to pay for the hair but obviously never showed up. Uh A little while later, Brittany deleted the stylist from Facebook. (gasps) Yeah. That's rude. So she stole from her. She stole her stock, which is the the hair itself. She stole her time. She stole her skill. Mm -hmm. And then she ghosted her. Like a piece of shit. She must make a terrible date. Oh, God. I bet she's horrific. Yeah. Oh, I bet bet there's guys out there with like... Just fucking, ugh. Like, this is my now. Awful. It's no fucking surprise at all to me that Britney escalated. Yeah. Because she'd been committing petty crimes for years. They always escalate. For years. But, like, to me, to jump from shoplifting to mercilessly inflicting over 300 wounds on someone is a Mm. hell of a fucking jump. It is. I wonder if there's just stuff that happened that people didn't notice, or if altercations was somewhat thrilling enough and maybe i mean so i can't i've not been able to find yeah. anything to suggest that she's ever done anything else violent but she's clearly mm-hmm. always been a very calculating manipulative individual yeah. and i think as well like when her brother chris was talking to her in the interrogation room and he said did, what like what did she do to make you fight her that makes it sound as though she's got into fights yeah. before that he's had to like bail her out of mm-hmm. so yeah i i don't think that she killed anyone Previously mm-hmm. to this incident, but I definitely think that she's been in fights, probably she over stealing. Grudges. Yeah, she's just a massive cunt. Um, <clears throat> at she the trial, <laughs> what? <laughs> at the trial, Britney's defense team tried to convince the jury that there was no premeditation involved in the killing. Um, okay. But the jury didn't buy it for a second. I think it would be worse if there wasn't. Can you imagine someone just absolutely flipping on you? Just snapping like that. Yeah. With no, yeah, with no warning. That would be just as terrifying because it's someone you trust and you've let in a building. It's just, just the whole thing. The whole thing is shit. Just the whole thing is fucking awful. Um, The jury of six men and six women only deliberated for a single hour. Wow, that's very short. That's, that's as much time as it takes to fill in the paperwork. Yeah. Wow. They literally just sat down, <laughs> filled that shit out, and then took it straight back. Oh my god! No time whatsoever. Um, before returning with a verdict of guilty of first-degree murder, Judge Robert Greenberg sentenced her to life in prison with no possibility of parole. Ooh, good. In a sentencing statement, he said, quote, You will live. Yeah. There will be Christmases. There will be telephone calls. There will be visits. The only visits Jane and Murray will have are those to her grave. End quote. And it's like, holy shit, that is... That's chilling. That's a mic drop. That's horrible. It's what she deserves to hear, though. Yeah. Because she took a life. She took a life, yeah. I mean, I've never mentioned my stances on the death penalty Mm. on this podcast, and Mm. I'm... It's weird, like... Mm. Sometimes I think that no person deserves to ever take the life of another person. Mm -hmm. But then there are some people who are so dangerous Mm -hmm. and such a threat to others that it's like, should they just not be on the planet anymore? And it's, 
yeah, it's complex for me. I'm not quite sure where I stand on it. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things that definitely isn't black and white. No, oh God, no, it's not. No, it's definitely not. I do think, though, with with Brittany Norwood, she mm-hmm. definitely deserves to be behind bars forever. Yeah. She likes never getting out. Like, no. never. Mm-hmm. No parole, no nothing. You just stay in that cell and mm-hmm. be gross. Yeah. yeah. So Brittany Norwood is now 40 years old. And she is housed at the Maryland Correctional Institution for Women. And she will stay there for the rest of her disgusting fucking life. Do you think she gets to wear prison, prisoner leggings? <laughs> or jab? Are they baggy pants? I think they're probably baggy pants. Jumping, I don't know, maybe they have like In sewing classes, she gets to taper them in. <laughs> this is just what I wanted for my prison summer collection. She's such a cunt. She really is. Although, enough about Brittany. So, Jaina's mm-hmm. family have set up a foundation called the, the Jaina Troxel Murray Foundation, which, quote from the website description, yeah. supports and promotes the interests and passions that enriched Jaina Murray's life oh. by making them available to others in the hopes of similarly enriching their lives. End quote. That's lovely. The foundation donates funds to programs in which Jaina participated to inspire other people, other young people, to have the same passion for life that she did. <sighs> That's adorable. It is I adorable. It. And I think it's it's really beautiful whenever like we see victims of fat like victims families yeah. who are able to not just keep going but actually give something extra to the world yeah. on behalf of the person that they've lost mm-hmm. because I don't think I would be able to do that. No. No, I I would be a horrific mess forever. Like I don't think I'd ever do anything productive ever again. No. if I lost somebody but the people like Jada's family that can do that mm-hmm. I have an endless amount of admiration yeah, for how they do that it's in the best way yeah it it's really incredible. is and that's all I have that's that's the end of that story wow that was a terrible but great story it was terrible mm-hmm. but yeah so that's that's the Lululemon murder um, there is a documentary that's made by Oxygen that I recommend you watch or at least look up the scene of the interrogation interview mm. because it's it's really interesting to just watch the body language yeah um, how long is it do you know like a couple hours off the top of my head I don't know I think the documentary itself is about an hour or so maybe mm. I think yeah I can't remember but it's very good, so you should watch it. Um, Also, I'll put up some pictures to the Instagram. I won't put up a picture of the crime scene because it's horrific, and I'm not going to put that on the gram. Um, No, I'll look that up in my own time. But but do... Honestly, it's it's horrible, so be warned. Okay. Be careful. Um, I will, though, put up a screenshot of the shitty Apple employees (laughs) because those guys deserve to be fucking shamed, so I'm going to put that picture. I think that's all we've... I think that's all we've got. So thank you for listening. I hope that in the weird way that we enjoy listening to these stories, I hope that you have taken something from it. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I hope that you enjoyed our telling of it. Yeah. And I hope you have a gorgeous Sunday. Yeah. It's about to rain here, so we're staying inside. Yeah, it's going to be an indoor day, I think. We have a lovely outside or inside day. Those yep. are good. Enjoy whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Have a good time. Don't and trust anyone. Don't <laughs> fucking trust anybody. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's never worth it. Um, we'll see you next week, though. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.